Coming up on today's edition of Locked on Eagles, it's a mailbag edition of the show. We want to hear from our listeners the topics and questions that they have about the Eagles heading into the 2022 offseason. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. You are Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's a Tuesday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. Welcome into your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. We're available on all podcast platforms Monday through Friday, video form on YouTube as well, and we're on Twitter, always talking birds, at LockdownBirds, at DBRCLOE, and at GC24 underscore football. As I said, it's a mailbag edition of the show, our first one, Gino, in the 2022 offseason, and we're going to hear from our listeners today the questions and topics they want answered uh, as we head officially into the offseason with the Super Bowl ending the 2021 season on Sunday. I always love the off season, and uh, I hate when people get hung up on different scenarios, especially right now in Philadelphia with the whole quarterback discussion. Like, I hate when people just say, "Okay, Jalen Hurts, let's move forward." Like, no, this part of the off season is for these type of discussions. It's for the hope. It's for the ability to get better. And we go through all these scenarios. We've talked countless hours through the past four off seasons about things that have not come true. But there are things that we wish would come true and things that we're going to try and talk about, like these questions that were asked. I think there are some great ones that lead us into an offseason of many different opportunities. And Howie Roseman said that last offseason, that moving into 2022, they're going to be opportunistic. They're not going to be just hung up on one way. They want to get speed like they did back in 2020, where they're looking for a quarterback like they were in 2016 and 17 when they get Carson Wentz. Now it's open for business. The Philadelphia Eagles are in a position to go out and get the best player available at multiple Mm -hmm. different positions that fit areas of need for them. And between free agency and the draft, there was an article that just came out today that measures offseason resources, and the Eagles are sitting right at number two. They have enough ammo to do plenty of things in this offseason. And I think you and I, we're very excited for it. And that's why this Mm -hmm. part of the year is very appetizing for many people and our fans especially. Yeah, there's a lot of different things to get into that the Eagles need to address in the offseason. And the listeners have a bunch of different questions about different positions, both sides of the ball, roster building philosophies. We'll get into it. We appreciate everybody that contributed to today's mailbag. You can still answer or ask your questions that we'll answer on Twitter. Again, hit us up at Locked on Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBRCLOE. Uh, Gino, we'll get into our first question here in segment one. And again, we have a lot of different questions about offense, defense, the draft, free agency. It's all coming up right around the corner. I mean, we're a month away now from the start of free agency. Is it officially? Tomorrow would be the Mm -hmm. official start of free agency. Of course, you got the tampering window a few days before, and that's really when it kicks off. Um, So we're going to start with the position you mentioned. You know, tomorrow's lockdown QB1. We'll dive deep into the position again, as we do every week on Wednesday. But the first thing that we were asked was about Russell Wilson. 
And it's something that we have to address. I think it's really picking up some steam uh, over the last few days, right? I think you saw the Albert Breer uh, discussion over the weekend where he said he thinks Russell Wilson's going to get traded this offseason to him for both sides. The Eagles make the most sense. Peter King mentioned yesterday the Eagles are one of the teams that are going to take a, quote, major swing at quarterback this offseason. You saw today the tweet from PFF mentioning how the Eagles could be the next Rams if they add their version of Matt Stafford in Russell Wilson. So it's picking up, man. Like This is something that I think people see as more realistic than Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers type. And Corey Brown tweets in relating to all of this news or the buzz the past few days. He asks realistically, when it comes to what a Russell Wilson trade would look like, what do you think the cheapest, like bare minimum, what do you think it would take to get Wilson? So when it comes to a trade that, and a lot of times this is the case with Howie Roseman, what would the trade look like, Gino, that you'd come away saying, holy cow, we got Russell Wilson, and it's kind of like the Sixers with James Harden, and it only costs that. Like, what does that look like? Well, one, we need to really slow our roll with being the next Rams. Even the Rams had to go out and add Von Miller yeah. and add a bunch of additional Oh, well, yeah, that pieces. was a super team of stars, so yeah. But I get the well, point, right? Like, you add a quarterback, and that suddenly propels you from just a playoff contender to a title contender. That part makes sense. And when you look at this idea of adding a quarterback, it has to be one of those upper echelon guys. And look at the Bengals. Were they a quarterback away? No, but they get Joe Burrow, who has a fantastic season, and that covers up some pieces that you might not have. When Carson Wentz was playing as well as he did in 2017, even Nick Foles in the playoffs, there were some parts of that team uh, the ability to not cover for 505 we yards of that passing against was nine Tom Brady. And seven in the offseason, Gino. All teams are going to have holes. Like You're never going to have a perfect team every year. The one thing that masks that all the time is a star quarterback. And Russell Wilson, at this current point in time, going back to Peyton Manning, you look at that window that the Denver Broncos got for Peyton, I think mm -hmm. it's very similar to what you could get out of Russell Wilson. Getting back to the cost, Going to Matt Stafford, I think that trade really set the precedent of what this would cost. Yeah. It's go very similar in age, very similar in ability, and just needs a team that, one, the Philadelphia Eagles would be the best offensive line he's played behind in his entire tenure. If you give up two firsts like they did, if yeah. you do give up a quarterback, it might not even be Jalen Hurts, Lou. It could be Gardner Minshew, and they could go out and draft a quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what a trade would look like, but I know those for, those two firsts would be guaranteed. Yeah. And you might have to throw in a second-round pick in 2023, for example. But bare minimum, you're going to have to give up two of those first-round picks. But even still with that, you still are back to square one where you had one first-round pick this year. You also have these off-season resources and free agency where the safety class is very good. You could go out and sign a guy there. If you want to add talent on the off or the defensive line, you could do that as well. But most importantly, a quarterback covers up all of the holes if they are a star guy. And you have to make that, I would say, decision yeah. right now. Is Russell Wilson a guy that for the next three years, at least, you are going to get top play out of him? I think or so. is the avenue that you're going right now with Jalen Hurts better mm -hmm. because you can kind of get more assets for the team? And they are having these exact discussions. But at minimum, two first-round picks plus. Yeah. You could probably throw Andre Dillard in there because they need offensive line help there in Seattle. And I don't know, maybe another young player in there as well. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that when it comes to players because, 
you know, again, I don't think if you recognize Russell Wilson can get you three to four great more years, uh, there's not a price on that. Somebody responded to this exact question from Corey and said, you know, I'm still nervous. Russell Wilson might cost too much. A franchise quarterback, there's no such thing as costing too much, first off. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to this exact question, like what is the cheapest price? What's the way you could not just get fleeced in a deal when it comes to how much value you have to give up. I like what you said. I, I truthfully believe it will likely take all three first round picks, but if we're talking about the most, uh, the cheapest option that is somewhat possible, I think you mentioned it. You'll, you'll have still have to deal two of those picks this year, but yes, if Seattle liked Jalen hurts, who, you know, some people like to compare to Russell Wilson and say he's a poor man version of that, just based on his style. If Seattle wants Jalen hurts, like they, like you mentioned, they need offensive line help with Andre Dillard. Maybe a way for Howie to, you know, keep one of those picks if he wants to, and has a, still a pick in every round in this draft, and gets Russell Wilson. I think the two key assets to use in that scenario are Jalen Hurts and Andre Dillard. I know you mentioned Gardner Minshew as well, I, and I think too, if you have Russell Wilson, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say I, I don't want Jalen Hurts as the backup because I don't think Russell Wilson's somebody that that's going to go to his head and there's going to be distractions in that way. He's right. too good and beyond that at this mm -hmm. point. But I feel like you would want just the guy to be the guy and have a backup backup quarterback, if you know what I mean. And you know, let Jalen Hurts have an opportunity elsewhere. I think that I agree with you. I think that is where uh, the cheap, if you will, avenue would come from. It's by using some young players instead of that first. Maybe if Seattle recognizes Hurts as a guy they can win around and they like Andre Dillard, maybe they'd say, Hey, we'll take those two young players over a pick. You know, that's going to be one of the things I'm sure Howie Roseman throws out there. You know, mm -hmm. he's always trying to get the best yeah. deal. And I, I don't think you can consider a deal for a guy that if you were, if the team is to value Russell Wilson as that type of player that can bring them a Super Bowl, is an elite caliber player in their offense. Yeah. You're adding those two first-round picks as part of your draft class, much like I did a couple years ago when Darius Slay was part of that class when they traded away that third-round pick for him. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Look at the Rams. They gave up multiple first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey, multiple first-round picks for Matt Stafford. They haven't had a first-round pick since Jared Goff, who they shipped off because he was only a guy you can win with rather than a guy you win because of. And hey, they get a quarterback you win because of, and they literally just won a Super Bowl yeah. because of that guy. It was a great question. Thanks so much, Corey. We'll get into mm -hmm. more listener questions in this mailbag portion of Locked on Eagles coming up next. You know what, Lou? There's going to be a bunch of discussion this offseason about where guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers are going to land, where the first-round picks are going yep. to go, who's going to take Aiden Hutchinson, who's going to take the first quarterback. And you could bet on all that, which is the best part about this sport, that even in the offseason, you could do stuff like this. So right now, make sure you go to the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network, betonline.net. Football might be over, but just like I said, you can bet futures. You could bet the potential Super Bowl champion in 2022. Right now, they're at 40 to 1, Lou. I think the Eagles might go up a little bit if they do get Russell Wilson. You could bet on put any sport now. that you want. <laughs> yeah, put your money in now, folks. Do it all at betonline.net. You could bet basketball. I know our Sixers fans are very excited about James Harden coming in to the fold there. You could bet hockey, which is in full swing. There's even Olympics going on right now, which if you want to turn that on in the middle of the night and bet responsibly, you could always do that. But make sure you head today on your mobile device or your laptop or anywhere that you get internet to betonline.net, betonline where the game starts. 
All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. We thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. He's Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase. It's a mailbag edition of the podcast, getting into some Russell Wilson trade talk in segment one. We'll dive more into that tomorrow on Locked on QB1. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get the show, five shows a week. Uh, Gino, we'll get into some non-quarterback discussions here now, though. We had a lot of different questions about offense and defense. Um, Hold that thought. We actually do have one more quarterback question, but it is (laughs) about Jalen Hurts, but it does pertain to other positions. So Leo tweets in, what players that could be added through the draft and free agency this year would most help if Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy next year and take that next step? Like, What's a key addition that you think would be crucial for the type of improvements that he needs? I think that's a pretty good, interesting question. I would say that second wide receiver position yeah. because you know that you have Devontae Smith. You know that you have the speed of Quez Watkins at that third wide receiver position. I'm sure they're going to add some depth through the draft. You also have Dallas Goddard. But I believe you need that type of Alshon Jeffrey playmaker. If you look at what Nick Foles did so well in that playoff run, Lou was able to give his guys a chance. And a lot of that came down to having a big bodied guy in Alshon Jeffrey, who if you went out and grabbed a Mike Williams, for example, or even a Chris Godwin, somebody that stands a little bit taller than the rest of the guys on the field. Or even at a lower level, you know, you talked about DJ Chark in your offseason simulation. Alan Robinson, yeah. A few guys like that, that Jalen Hurts, yeah, he might not be a a 70% completion percentage passer, but he could get it to 64-65 just by giving guys like that a chance. And Devontae is great at that, don't get me wrong, but you need tons of different weapons, much like we saw in the Super Bowl. You see Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, you see what the Bengals have in their trio. You need a trio of your own. And it wouldn't just help Jalen Hurts. If he's the quarterback, it helps any quarterback. But Jalen's style of play, especially, get a guy who can just go up, even with a a nice little rainbow throw that Jalen Hurts, who does throw a pretty ball, if you give a guy a chance, I think that's where you're going to excel next year is in those 13 to 16-yard areas where they needed a little help and hopefully open up the middle of the field for a guy like Dallas Goddard and the running backs. Yeah, it's a good point. I think that, you know, having a guy that Hurts would need to trust and take more chances, a guy that can make tougher grabs would certainly help Jalen for sure. I think mm-hmm. a lot of what Hurts needs to improve on from last year really isn't about his supporting cast. There was a lot of times Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, their weapons were getting open and Hurts mm-hmm. was just missing them through accuracy or vision. And so a lot of that's just on Jalen. But I agree. I think if you add a veteran receiver that's experienced and can really make a quarterback look better, not that Devontae didn't do that and Watkins didn't have those opportunities, um, but yeah, I do think that would go a long way. And, you know, it's interesting. I I feel like, too, a big receiver would help Jalen improve, too, because it's a guy that probably won't create as much separation. So you're going to have to be willing to trust that receiver and throw up 60, 40 balls like Nick Foles. Well, I think who was willing to do more than Carson Wentz. I thought. You know, they were okay playing more of that basketball, you know, post up kind of have the receivers back turn to the corner, whereas Wentz always wanted to throw with anticipation, having the receiver move forward, right? Um, And I think that that would help Jalen with trust and I think with accuracy too because, you know, those are tighter windows. And if you have that player, you're going to want to give him chances and you're going to want to make it a good grab, a good throw. Um, So that would be, 
a big help. I do think, though, for Jalen and who he is right now, what addition would help him the most, the player he is currently, I do think he would need more a receiver that can create consistent separation just because right now Jalen, like you said, is not a 70% completion percentage guy. And so if you want to make it easier on Jalen, the quarterback right now, it's probably that type of receiver, but I think a bigger receiver would help him more in the areas that, you know, he needs to improve to get to another level that we want to see him at. Well, I mean, like you said, Devontae and Quez were getting open. It's just right. having the ability so to most see So it's, it's not an addition. It's going to help. It's, it's This is on Jalen, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is. But at the same time, Lou, how many times did Sirianni send a guy like Rager in motion sure. and they didn't even bite on yeah. it? Having right. a guy you it can rely help. on also yeah. opens up that offense for yeah. your play caller, for Jalen Hurts to go out there and have more freedom on the field, not just have to have a, a half-field look because the guy on the other side isn't going to make a play for you. Right. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, thanks for the question, Leo. Definitely a good one. Let's move off quarterback here and let's talk some defense and we'll go over to the linebacker position. Uh, Zach Myers asks what you think the Eagles should do at linebacker, how you think they will address the position and what you would do uh, at a spot that, you know, historically the Eagles do not invest a lot in, even when they have issues, you know, they're not a team that really likes to, even when it's a severe problem, they're very disciplined when it comes to their philosophy at linebacker. And so it's an interesting question. I keep going back to 2020 or 2021, for example, after the 2020 Jalen Rager whole fiasco, yeah. when I've heard and read on multiple different articles and sources that there was a shock in that building of what happened in that draft and how they changed it. Look at 2021 alone. You add two Alabama guys where you just decided not to go there and just have a drought of players from the yeah, SEC weirdly. for yeah. years, and they go that avenue, and who are the two most effective guys on your offense that you brought in? Yeah. Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson, right, Lou? So now you have to go back to the idea, yeah, we, we kind of didn't go for linebacker for so long, but hey, maybe if we take that page where we do something different, mm -hmm. go to the SEC like they did last year, Continue to do that if you want to go get Christian Harris, Kobe Dean. If you want to go out and get a guy like Devin Lloyd, I don't think they would bite yeah. at not doing that. I think they would absolutely take the cheese like a mouse in a trap. Like if Devin Lloyd is sitting there at 15, you have a chance to look at what Dallas did with Micah Parsons last year mm -hmm. in your division. And you know you had to get Devontae Smith. That's a, We're not having that discussion. But hey. Let's get playmaking linebackers and see what they could do. Maybe you could get a defensive rookie of the year in Devin Lloyd, somebody that you know in this system, when guys like Edwards and Singleton are racking up tackles, these guys will be able to rack up tackles, pass defenses. They're going to be able to pick the ball off in certain situations. I think Howie Roseman is much more open to that now than he was a few years ago. And they even took a step in the right direction going and getting out Davian Taylor. I mean, yeah. the third round is closer than they ever have been. That's so they're true. creeping up. Yeah, because even believe... Jordan Hicks was a Chip Kelly pick. Absolutely. Curtin Keith Alhanza was a was a Chip Kelly trade. I think they take multiple stabs at it. If you want to wait mm. till day two, I think you got a good opportunity to get a guy like Chad Muma. You dip into that Wyoming pool after you see yeah. what Zach Wilson did for Cincinnati. They play a lot alike. I think you really have to look at Howie Roseman now 
and look at him through the 2021 lens. And I know people are going to look back at what he did before that, but 2021 was such a, a breath of fresh air. I mean, I don't think anybody could look at that class and say, without yeah. those guys, we would have succeeded last year. Well, and he's done it before. I mean, everybody thought he would never invest in running back, and he took Miles Sanders in the second exactly. round in 2019. So I think it depends on a few things what they do here. Number one, how much do you believe in Davian Taylor's development this year? Not just I because mean, he really came on in the second half of the season. I was really impressed mm -hmm. starting with that Detroit game. You know, before he had that unfortunate MCL injury, he was looking like a player that was really taking that next step. And he had all the raw physical tools that we loved. Mm -hmm. And that's why me and you understood. Most people thought he was picked too high in 2020, but we're like, he's got all the traits and we're trait, you know, evaluators on the podcast for sure. Mm -hmm. So it's how much do you believe in Davian Taylor's progression and his ability to stay healthy? You know, do you plan on keeping all your picks? Cause let's be honest, if there's a Russell Wilson type of trade, you're not going to take, if you only have one first round pick, you're probably not going linebacker there. You're going to take an no. edge rusher or something mm -hmm. more important. So that's another aspect of it. And also, are you changing the way, you know, you mentioned how he has changed the way he believes in certain things philosophically. Another thing was college production, you know, before 2020, mm -hmm. a lot of the guys they took, Derek Barnett, J.J. Ortega, Whiteside, those were people that produced um, in college. 2020, it was mostly about upside, right? Even though it didn't work for a lot, a lot of that had to do with more of the physical gifts and the traits. So is Howie now changing his philosophy on linebacker based on the way his new defense plays? You know, I think with Jonathan Gannon, you need linebackers more than you did with Jim Schwartz. Those are three different areas that I think they need to ask those questions. And I think that'll certainly impact what they decide to do. Yeah, I think 2021 really kind of took what they did in 2019 where they went very production heavy, right? Yeah. Then they went 2020 and it was very traits heavy. Then they found a good medium. I they saw Devonte Smith, a Heisman trophy winner who also has a ceiling that he still oh, yeah. can reach. He could still go beyond that. So to look at the linebacker position, Devin Lloyd, a very good linebacker in the PAC 12, the Kobe Dean just wins a national championship. But at the same time, they have the traits to fill into what you need at that position. And like mm -hmm. you said with Davian Taylor, Lou, he was coming on in the second half. Maybe you say we we trust what Davian can do, yeah. and we wait till day two. Yeah, and or a mid-tier free agent trade happens, or something. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty yeah. of optionality, and that's why I like these mm -hmm. questions, because it does make you spark uh, an idea. Like maybe they don't even draft the linebacker, and you go out and get one of those – mid-level free agents like you said and say okay we're gonna roll with tj edwards we like what davian can do in the past game tj is gonna be our two down guy and then we're gonna run a ton yeah. of nickel and big dime because we're gonna sign a big safety speaking that into existence that's right that's right <laughs> if they do go defense heavy in the draft i think they should take one with one of those picks mm -hmm. you know at the same time though if i was a betting man um i think they'll probably go more day two mid-tier free agent type of thing like they tend to do especially with the way tj edwards and davian taylor came on as of late uh, but, you know, personally, if they're keeping those picks, when you have four in the first two rounds and you have the prospect pool you have right now, you're not even just with like Taylor and, you know, Kobe Dean, but Christian Harris, you mentioned on day two, you know, Darian Beavers of uh, Cincinnati, too, is a guy mm -hmm. that looked really good in the senior bowl. He could be a second or third round pick. Um, you know, I, I think that um, they should address it there. But there's a lot of factors that go into it for sure. We'll continue to get into your questions coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. Guys, today's show is sponsored by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. 
Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket? Why are you going to choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto, their prices are reliably low for every customer. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years now, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you write down Lockdown, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. Thank you so much for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. He's Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase. It's a mailbag edition of the show. Shout out to everybody who got some questions in. We've talked a lot about quarterback, about wide receiver, the linebacker strategy this offseason. It's been definitely an interesting discussion with many different topics. Uh, Gino, let's get a few questions in here as well as we wrap up the show. Um, Anthony tweets in, and this is, has, uh, has to do with the running back spot. Which running back in this year's draft and free agent pool could you see potentially fitting into the Jordan Howard role of a big physical running back? And this one's interesting because, I don't know, I feel like there are some options but I don't necessarily know if you need that player. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think they'd probably prefer, I would prefer at least to resign Boston Scott over Jordan Howard or drafting someone like a James Cook from Georgia. I, I think when you have that good of an offensive line and with the way the NFL is nowadays, I would prefer more of the Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott types. But I guess there's some options. I mean, you have Leonard Fournette at the right price and free agency. Maybe you could bring back Howard. I like Damian Pierce of Florida in the draft, mm-hmm. you know, Rashad white of Arizona state. There are some players. I just don't know if you necessarily have to have, and don't get me wrong. Like that guy can be beneficial. Defenses were getting worn down in 2017 when you had LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi coming on the field. But I don't know if you necessarily have to have a power back, you know? I look at what Nick Sirianni had in his time in, Indianapolis and he never really had that style of runner I mean he had Marlon Mack Naeem Hines and those guys they're more of those dual threat type of guys that have a little bit more thickness to them built more like a Miles Sanders than a Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell but you're right Lou I I look at those guys like Rashad White we mentioned drafting him but does he just bring a one-dimensional element to your team and I think it'll be very indicative of what they do at that position to see what Sirianni will want to do with his offense going forward. Because if they just roll with the three they have now, they take Boston Scott, bring him back onto the team. It's Gainwell, Scott, Sanders. You think they're going to go lighter. They're going to go more spread sets. But if they bring a more powerful guy, a guy that's more between the tackle style of runner, yeah, is that going to take away from Miles Sanders being on the field? And then we have a whole different discussion. Yeah, I just look at this question and I think it's, not as much filling a role as filling an idea. Like if they were to draft this player, what does it do to your offense? And I think we get more questions if we see that they do take a player like this or if they Mm -hmm. don't. And I think that's a good way to look at it when they team build. Okay. Do we need a fourth back 
or are we going to go with six wide receivers potentially or multiple tight ends or carry more offensive linemen? Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on. Uh, speaking of the run game, you know, you had Jack Stahl at tight end two this year, run blocked very well down the stretch, replacing Zach Ertz at the trade deadline. Uh, we did get a question here uh, when it comes to tight end at H Eagles 10 tweets into us. What should be the plan for tight end two? We're a team that has always had good uh, a good tight end two weapon. And right now we really don't have that in the passing game, which is definitely a good point, Gino. Uh, when it comes to tight end two, what do you think the strategy is? I think we're kind of in agreement here based on the theme that we've been doing, especially on one particular show the last few weeks. I'll take a point from the running back discussion as well. And yeah. I know what you and I want to do. We think this is a very good tight end class. I want at least one of these guys. Yeah. For pass catchers. I mean, you could go late into day three and still get guys like Derek Deese Jr. out of uh, San Jose State. I mean, there are guys up and down that board that you can add. But if they don't add – a premier pass catcher at that position, Lou, are they going to go more 11 base personnel? And I think that is another answer that you would get. If you just roll with stall and they bring back Richard Rogers again, or you have Tyree Jackson and you keep him one, do they believe that Tyree really can develop into that second tight end? Right. And two, if not, do they go heavier at wide receiver, which would be very interesting? Do they get into this more spread idea that you saw on Super Bowl Sunday and looking at the past three Super Bowl winners, passing is the way to win in this league? Mm -hmm. It'll be very, I would say, on par that they yep. went 11 personnel if they didn't take a tight end. But if they do take one, you're going to get a premier pass catcher that really condenses things down Brings yeah. back to that spatial Darwinism idea where you condense the throw and you spread to run. I think it would be much more like that. But do they go into the more of that air raid ideology where they have more wide receivers on the field? Or do they stick yeah. with Seriani's more West Coast style of attack where mm -hmm. they do have multiple? Pass catch well, well that's the thing. And I would like to be multiple and have that optionality for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I would love, you know, me and you are big fans of this tight end class in the draft, you know, Jake Ferguson too on day two or day three from Wisconsin, I feel like would be a good compliment to what Dallas Goddard is. Mm -hmm. um, I think at the same time though, Eagles fans have seen how important tight end two has been more based on necessity though, than preference. You know, you look at all the injuries and the bad moves this team has made at wide receiver over the last five years, they have needed their tight end two more than most teams. And they've had to be more condensed. And at the same time, you had a luxury. Not only did you need those players, but the guys you had that you needed were stars. You had Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard for four years. I mean, that's an mm -hmm. incredible luxury and you want both those guys on the field at the same time. I agree with you. I think that this team is going to be more 11 personnel based now like they were last year. You're going to want to use Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins and the next receiver you bring in for sure more than you have in the past. At the same time, though, yeah, you know, I think, again, having that optionality is key and being able to throw the football effectively in 12 personnel really does wonders for an offense. And so um, I think the NFL draft is where they'll address this. I don't love the free agent pool, and I think this is a really deep class of prospects at tight end. And you don't have to take one early to come away with, I think, a productive player next year that you can add to that, you know, then a trio with Jack Stahl, Tyree Jackson, a bunch of young players, and see who can develop behind Goddard, who right now is an absolute star. Uh, so a great question there. Let's get to one more from our boy Leo. Had another question you wanted to ask before we wrap up the show, especially geared towards Gino. This is his position. Uh, Gino, your favorite safety so far 
early on in the 2022 NFL draft evaluation process is? I mean, Kyle Hamilton. Well, outside, of, let's 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 a yeah, once let's in a generation. Give me prospect. another one. Give me another. Give me another one. <laughs> we're what's that? We're gonna take a visit to my ducks. Yep. We're going yep. with Aaron McKinley the third. And yep. the reason I say that, and he has come on later in the process. He was uh, later add to the Senior Bowl roster, but range for me is the one thing that. When you look at a safety, Jesse Bates, for example, that play he made on Matt Stafford and that interception, yeah. it all comes down to the ability to take away yards on the field. The offense wants to gain yards. The defense wants to take them away. And having a safety with very good to elite range, Verone McKinley did that last year at Oregon. He came on at the end of his junior season. He played through that COVID year. He was the leader of that defense, had a boatload of interceptions. If he could just take an ounce of that and bring it to Philadelphia, one, it will destroy the Pac-12, his bad narrative in Philly. Two, it will put me at ease because I wanted a safety for the last three years. And three, Sko Ducks over everything. But no, I think there are plenty of guys Lewis seen. You could get yeah. out at Georgia, I think, is an absolute stud. We know Jaquan Brisker. You know the two, JT Woods and Jalen Petrie out of Baylor Petrie's my well. favorite, I think, right now, Gino. I was I became a big mm-hmm. fan of him down in Mobile. Kirby and- Joseph played well yeah. down there too, man. And there's yeah. a ton of these guys. Talk about range. Petrie wears a ton of hats. You mentioned the other day, I think you were reading a book, right, or something about the Baylor defense and yeah, you know, how Cody much res- yeah. Right yeah, 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 and how much responsibility those safeties have. So I think Petrie's a guy that I've been watching early on as a big fan of Brisker as well. There's some options for sure. You know, I think me and you would prefer to spend some big money this year in free agency on this spot, but. Again, kind of like linebacker, I think you have options if the Eagles are going to wait and do what they typically do philosophically at the spot, go for more of a, a day two guy or a you know a mid-tier free agent. Uh, but definitely a great question. Thanks, everybody, for the questions. You can continue to get those in. We'll answer them on Twitter, at LockdownBirds, at DBOSCLOE, and at GC24 underscore football. We've got a big show for you tomorrow, getting back into a lot of different quarterback topics. It's our flagship show every Wednesday, Locked on QB1. We've got two other shows on Thursday and Friday as well. It's the offseason, but there's no offseason for Birds Talk with Gino and I. Five shows a week, Monday through Friday. Get your podcast on any platform on YouTube as well in video form. And again, follow us on Twitter. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Thank you so much for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.